Hi, this is Annie Fox of Family Confidential, Secrets of Successful Parenting. My guest today is parent coach and counselor, Mercedes Samudio. We'll be talking about parent shaming, how to resist the temptation to participate in it, and how to fend it off when it's coming in your direction. Hi, Mercedes. Welcome to Family Confidential. Hey, Annie. Thank you so much for having me on. Well, my pleasure. I am excited to talk to you about parent shaming because... I don't know. I'm I'm one of these people that thinks it really does take a village to raise a child, and we are all villagers. I know you and I have spoken about this a little bit before. So where do the villagers cross the line into parent shaming, and how can we be helpful to other parents without being the parent police? Right. I think it's really hard. You know, let's take it that 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 kind of perspective where it's really hard sometimes when we're watching things happen, whether we're parents ourselves or whether we're family members or community members, it's hard not to be like, oh, let me tell you, let me give you some advice. Yeah. You know, but one of the things that I always encourage when it comes to knowing whether you're shaming or you're being supportive is to come with curiosity. So you start off with, I wonder what's going on. I wonder if they need some help. I Uh, wonder if they need anything. Okay. So the I wondering thing Mm -hmm. to ask yourself and that even just that pause to ask that question might reduce some of the impulse to pounce. Exactly. Okay, exactly. I get that. Okay, so then I would say, yeah, it, um, my wondering comes up with, yeah, I think they do. Right. So then remember again that this is only one slice of what you're seeing, right? You don't know what came before and you don't know what's going to happen after. A lot of the times, especially when we see kids have meltdowns in public or yeah. in different situations, we don't know what led up to that. We don't know how their needs were met before then. And as the parent, they are feeling embarrassed in that moment. So to go up to them and say, hey, I wonder if you need some help right now. It's very embarrassing, right? (laughs) In a a public space, yes. Exactly, exactly. So one of the things that I always share is if you're curious about what's going on for that family, always start off with that idea of, hey, how are you? How are you doing? Do you need anything? What do you need? Always kind of start off there because it starts off with, the how are you, what do you need? And the fun thing is it gives that parent a space to tell you exactly what they need. As opposed to me assuming you need parenting help, they might just say, you know what, I need a break. Can you just watch them real quick while I go take a, you know, go to the bathroom or get some Uh water? That's actually a need where it's like, oh, I can do that. I can watch him while you go get some water. Uh I can watch him while you go to the bathroom real quick, you know? Yeah, yeah. When you come in with that curiosity, not with, I know what you need. I'm going to give you some advice because I know what you need. And you're not doing it right. No, exactly. Uh Right. You actually say, hey, I wonder if you need some help. I wonder if you need anything. Then they get to tell you what they need. Right. It might not even be parenting help. They might say, you know, what? I just need someone to talk to. Can you just hear me out real quick while I share? Or, you know, I do know what I'm supposed to do, but I just need to be able to be mad right now. Can you just listen real quick? That is right? brilliant. No, I love this, Mercedes. You know, I've never really thought about it in, in that way before. And I've always kind of, uh, look, I, you and I know a lot about parenting. And right. so when we see what we think is bad parenting in public, that impulse is very, very strong. Right. Um, but really the idea of what do you need puts the onus back on me in terms of how can I be helpful rather than I know what you need? Right. That's a good exactly. one. You know, I was also thinking in terms of when a kid is having a meltdown, um, say your own kid, mm-hmm. to be able to have that same presence of mind to say to the child, what do you need? Mm-hmm. How can I help? Yep. And that way the child becomes um, more of an agent to themselves and say, okay, let me think about this for a minute. Mm-hmm. Um, I need X, Y, or Z, or maybe I just need a hug. Right. Yeah. Right. 
Good. I like this. Okay. <laughs> so, so parent tells you what he or she needs right. and, and if it's something you can do, um, great. If it's something simple like that, how about <sighs> get out of my face? Mm-hmm. Get out of their face. But there's the part of you that says this, this child is maybe right. being neglected or oh, right. abused right. and then right. what? So here's the deal. It's, it, if we go back to what we know about kids, right? When we try to force a kid to tell us what they need in the middle of a meltdown, they can't do it. Your kid is right. kicking, screaming, fighting. And you're saying, what do you need? And you're saying, can you? And they say, I don't need anything. I hate you. You're the worst mom ever. Yeah, yeah. Right? <laughs> you cannot help them in that moment. You just have to be present for them. Or you might have to take a step back in that moment. Same thing when we're dealing with our, with our parents or other adults. They're in their meltdown. Again, our adult meltdowns don't look the same, right? As a kid, we're not kicking and screaming on the floor. Right. But when a parent is trying to help their kid or maybe making decisions about their parenting that you don't agree with, in that moment, in that tense moment where they're having intense feelings, they're having their own meltdown, you probably won't be able to get through to them anyway. So if, yeah. if you say, hey, I wonder if you're okay, you need, and they say, you know what? I got this. I don't need any help from you. I can raise my kids. Thank you very much. Well, right. even even as you say that, I'm like, whoa, <laughs> right? And we're right. just pretending here. <laughs> <laughs> but if, if you get kind of that, you say, okay, sounds good. You walk away. If you're in that person's life enough, you can come back and say, hey, yesterday I saw that yeah. you had a really hard time, and I did try to help. I'm really sorry if I did it inappropriately. How would you need support in that moment? What would you need in that moment? That's great, right? Because then you great. come back, and it might be an hour later. It might be the next day. It might be the next time you guys hang out. Because then, again, it takes that idea of it's not about blaming you. You're horrible and you did it wrong. And I want you to know that. It's about maybe I came in at the wrong moment. What do you need when, you know, if I see that happen again, what do you need? What do you want me to ask you? Do you want me to help? Do you you want want me to just back off? Right. And then again, it gives gives you that that open space for that parent to say to you, you know what, I really needed in that moment for you not to judge me. I just, I was having a hard day. It was the fifth tantrum and I was just done. And I just really needed you not to, to judge me in that moment. Yeah. You get what I'm saying? Because again, we didn't know. You didn't. You just came in on that tantrum, but you didn't right. know they had been dealing with that since the morning, since last night. Exactly. I don't know. And it's it's even less likely that you would know if this is a stranger in the checkout line at the supermarket. It's even less. Yeah. Even less likely. Um, you know, I know that our alarm bells go off when we see quote unquote bad parenting um, in public places. It does. And I also know through the work that I do. Um, as a resource for parents who've got kids with learning and attention issues, that sometimes kids who have special needs don't look like they have special needs on the outside. And so you might see a parent, as you say, this could be the the fifth meltdown of the day and you don't know that and you think they're just um, very impatient. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But, you know, that kid may be a a master at button pushing or have very little self-control himself. And, you know, there's so much we don't know. So your advice is um, be more helpful, less judgmental. Yes. If you can, again, and, you know, I think I come from both aspects of being a stranger. If you're a stranger, then you really don't have that connection with that person to even start with curiosity. You know, you might just have to kind of deal with yourself in that checkout stand or maybe go to another checkout stand or do something to monitor yourself. Mm -hmm. But if you are in that parent's life, you're a family member or community member, or you're close to them enough to start off with that curiosity, it helps to know, not just assume you know, oh, I've seen the kid do this a hundred times. Oh, this is what they always deal with. Just Mm -hmm. always start with that curiosity because it opens the door for that parent to tell you what's really going on for them. Okay. So now I've got a tough question for you, Mercedes. Okay. What if you see a parent actually hitting their kid? Right. Right. And then, you know, all, all, 
of these rules kind of go out the window because mm-hmm. the child is being hurt. Right. Right. What do you do? So if you're a stranger and you don't yeah, know I'm a stranger. at all, right, you have, you actually have a lot of options. You can make a child abuse report if you feel like you want to do that. You can do that. You can make anonymous child abuse reports all the time. Now in California, the law is open hand over clothes, over clothes on their bottom. So if the parent is popping the kid on their butt with their hand, that's actually legal in the state of California. I don't know other states have their own different <laughs> ways. And if you are listening to this and you're in another state, I do encourage you to figure out what is the legal kind of corporal punishment law in your state. I know. I wonder, I wonder if there's a, if there's a website to tell you that. There probably um, is. I could yeah. probably, yeah, there probably is. Okay. I just know because of my work, you know, in, in the state of California, that if it's open hand over their butts, over their clothes, that's not a child abuse report. Okay. Now, if they're popping them in the face and they are hitting them with shoes and things like that, and they're Kicking. really going to town, they're really going to town on them, it actually does behoove you because that is that kid is being assaulted, right? That that yeah. it's not just a, that kid's being assaulted. It does behoove you to say, "I'm going to make a police report." If they're if you're somewhere public where there's a security guard, get that security guard. If they if they're if you're somewhere where it's not security guard, call you can call the child abuse hotline or you can call nine one one and say, "Hey." I'm watching a parent kick a kid. I'm watching them pop them in the face with a shoe. I'm watching that. I'm getting upset just hearing you describe this hypothetical. I agree with you. And it would be really hard to be watching that and um, not do something. But I like what you're suggesting here in terms of um, getting a security guard or calling a uh, child abuse hotline. I'm sure every state has one of those so that you can help without putting yourself in the middle of it. Correct. Correct. Now, then we talk about things like if you see something that's abusive happening, meaning I've seen before, and I'm sure you have parents talking down to their kid. Yeah. Right. You're so dumb. You should know better. We're not supposed to do that. We don't do that. You already know we don't do that. And you know, those type of things. Yeah. Sounds familiar. It does. Right. So that, it's not a, that's not considered quote unquote, you know, abusive in that respect. So if you feel like I want to report them, you can do that. Again, you have every right to make those anonymous reports, but in that moment, that's not something that I think people are going to say, okay, I'm going to come out and get that parent right then. Okay. So verbal abuse is not necessarily. It's something uh, that's harder, I think, for, for child abuse reporters and, and CPS um, workers to talk about because parents say things all the time. So do we get mad because a parent slipped up in front of you and said it? Right. Or do we go and report again? If that's the only thing you saw, a CPS worker very likely will say, okay, well, is this something you've seen before? Is this anything else? And they mm-hmm. may or may not take it. Again, I always encourage that if you are suspecting that a child is being abused, always make a report because that CPS worker or that person on the other line will make the final decision. But if you see a kid being called stupid or they're dumb or they're lazy or they're fat, you can make a report. However, if that's it and you've only got that one instance of it, you don't know who that person is, you don't know where they live, you don't know anything about them, very unlikely that that case will be taken because what can yeah. they do? Where can they go? Okay. So let me ask you this. Suppose um, a verbally abusive parent is a friend of yours. Yes. And you've seen a pattern of this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Maybe your child is friends with this child. Yes. And maybe what you see um, is that child then calling your child names that they've heard out of the parents' mouth directed at them. Um, what do you, as the friend of the family, right. do? I actually, I, I go back to what we talked about earlier with the curiosity piece of it, really trying to be curious about what may be going on for that parent and their family. You know, is this something that you could talk about? Is this something that you feel like they need help on? 
Um, mm. You can actually go and say, hey, do you want to have coffee? You know, I know our kids play together. They go to the same school and I've seen you around. I wonder if you want to have coffee sometime. You know, That's you can nice. come over to me or I'll come over to you or something like that. And you can start that dialogue of, hey, you know, I know I've seen Annie. She's sometimes really sad and says really mean things. Have you ever seen that? Yeah, she's just always talking mess and she's just always talking smack. So I was wondering, is there something we could talk about maybe with helping her not do that? And you think we could talk about that? And again, it's about really trying to be curious. Do you see this? Is this something you notice? You know, do you do you if you notice that it's the parent, you know, it's the parent say you don't have to say I've seen you do it. But say, you know, I know sometimes we say some things are just so, you know, quick and spur the moment. You know, have you ever felt like you you do that sometimes? Yeah. You know, you know, kids, girl, they always just make you push your buttons. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they do. You know, do you mind if I share what I do and my kid pushes my button? You know, like really being really helpful, honest, you know, and, and again, it's that idea that parenting is really hard. Across the board, even if you're doing everything by the book, you are not calling them names. You are doing the gentle parenting. It's still hard. So for the parent that may not have that set of skills, it's even harder for them because they're not Mm -hmm. only trying to raise a kid, but they don't have the skills to know how to talk to their kid or how to even share who they are with their kid. No, I think what you what you bring up is really interesting. And I was just thinking about we were just talking about really um, the transference of behavior from parent to child and then you can go back the generation before yeah and see how is grandma and grandpa dealing with their frustration and anger in the moment as -hmm. we know parenting is a stressful job um and so you you start to see the impact of these patterns yes definitely and it's something that i've done you know i've seen a lot of where when i start one thing that I love doing and I always encourage other people to do is to give that, that parent a space to share. And so if you don't feel like you can do that, then don't open it up. But if you feel like, no, I really want to know what's going on for them. I really want to understand why they yell at their kid or why they do these things. Give them a space to share. And what mm-hmm. I've noticed is that when they do that, they begin to talk about their own childhood. They, you know, my mom always did this or I come from this type of family or, mm-hmm. you know, my mom lives in the back house and she still is talking to me like that. You know, Ooh, you yeah. begin you begin to see, oh, wow, this parent has a lot on her. You know, this this dad has a lot that he's still dealing with yes, his stuff. and all of a sudden, I start feeling really compassionate instead yep. of this hypothetical where I feel like I want to um, put a big stop sign in front of that parent and, and maybe beat them over the head with it. Right, <laughs> right, right. And again, it goes back to the idea of we only see a part of it. Right. We don't, if I see you, like we're at the, we're at the little league game. Right. And I'm watching my kid, but then I look over in the stands and I see this other parent, man, you should have done it better. And you didn't hit the ball. You didn't catch it. And all these things. That's a small portion of that family's whole life. Yeah. And it is easy to say, oh, so that dad is rude and he's very mean to his kid, but you don't know anything about how he was raised, what he understands about parenting, what he understands about his role, what tools he has to communicate. Mm -hmm. You know, none of that. So I'm guessing because you have these insights that part of what you do on a meta level is to help parents be kinder, more mindful, Mm -hmm. compassionate parents, right? Mm -hmm. Yes, definitely. How'd you get into this? I got into it from my own life, as as most uh, of us do. So I started off kind of trying to figure out psychology from my own point and my own healing. And I was like, okay, what do I do? How do I figure out my own family stuff? Mm-hmm. And as I began to do this work, I began to see that it's not just the kids who are hurting, but the parents are too. Oh, yeah. You know, I watched my kids having a hard time in school, and then I watched the parents trying to help. You know, I worked with um, low-income families and families in disadvantaged neighborhoods, and you see this this generational stuff of this family just always being in poverty or being in a really bad place in life, and then now they're trying to raise a kid to do more and how hard that might be for them, you know? 
Um, this is great stuff, and I know that it applies across all socioeconomic yes. um, levels because, as we say, you know, for everyone, parenting is a challenge. You know, we, we, we go into it with the best intentions. We, we picture this beautiful baby in our arms, and it's all just so sweet and loving and um, quiet. Right. Right. And then the kid starts um, developing a personality as they should and, and becomes um, someone separate from us yeah. who wants to do what he or she wants to do when they want to do it. Right. And sometimes that doesn't always jive with what we want in the moment. Right. right. And then it's kind of, yeah, it becomes a struggle. And we're not even talking about tweens and teens yet, right? <laughs> Whew, no. Yeah. No, so, you know, I, I'm guessing you'd probably be on the same page with me just saying that if you have an opportunity to have a good look at, at your style of parenting and, and how, how it supports the kind of young adult you want to, yeah. to raise, um, sooner is better than later, but it's never too late. Correct. Completely correct with that. Okay. Completely correct. And I think it shifts. You know, I think at one point, you know, I've met parents who all throughout toddlers, they got through it pretty well. They got through those first couple of years. And then they do become teenagers. They do become tweens and things change. Right. So you might have said, OK, the way I was parenting up until then worked really well. And now I'm lost. Right. Because now I have a tween. And now there's so many things going on for that child and that development that they didn't have tools for. They don't have tools for. Yeah. So you right. help them out. Right. Mm hmm. That's Definitely. great. Definitely. Okay. Um, well, this is great, Mercedes. I'm, I'm so pleased we had this conversation. We have about one minute left, and I'd love for you to give our listeners and viewers an opportunity to find out where they can learn more about your work online. Definitely. So my website is theparentingskill.com. Okay. All one word. And on there, you can find out everything about me. I have my blog. I have all my social media on there. And I also have a seven-day parenting challenge that you can um, partake in as well. So it's all there right on the... Ooh, the seven-day parenting challenge. Mm -hmm. Can you mm -hmm. tell me just in a nutshell what that might sure. be? So I pretty much took all of the major issues that I see for my parents with tweens, cell phones, peers, homework, and I put it in a seven-day parenting challenge where you can get quick skills over seven days of videos just to kind of figure out how to navigate some of those challenges. And it's all free. You just sign up and you start the challenge. I love it. Now, that is what I call very helpful information <laughs> because sometimes we just feel like I don't know what to do. Right. That's great. Thanks again for this work that you do and for this opportunity to talk to you. Um, I'm delighted that we've connected. Thank you so much for having me on. Have a good one. This is Annie Fox for Family Confidential. To learn more about my work with tweens, teens, and their parents, visit AnnieFox.com. And check out my parenting book, Teaching Kids to Be Good People, and my latest book for girls, The Girls' Q&A Book on Friendship, 50 Ways to Fix a Friendship Without the Drama. And please rate us on iTunes. It will help other people find the show. Family Confidential Podcast is produced by Electric Egg Plant, creators of books and apps for parents, kids, tweens, and teens. And tune in next time when my guest will be Dr. Joni Cannell, author of Flying Without a Helicopter, How to Prepare Young People for Work and Life. Until next time, happy parenting. <music>